0: This ain't just a toy story or a four in a box. These are the stories of action, toy, glory, and work clocking. H fake you black series, or hot toy Figures with transformation sequences that make noise. Check out the joints and the many points of articulation. We're celebrating the global collector nation. Sit back, relax, and get ready to rock this. Here's the real child. Welcome to Shelf. I'm so excited to have these
1: gentlemen on the show again. Since he is making his return to the Nerds of Color, but we are introducing ourselves to Craig Roberts. AKA Not Another Retro Channel. Please welcome to the show, the Retro Freaks themselves. Not Another Retro Channel, Craig and Cincy Nerds, Cincy. Yay. Welcome to the channel. Guys.
0: First of all, am I the first return guest on Nerds? You might be. I think we're the yeah. return
1: on, this, on the shelf conscious on the toy show for sure.
0: History for sure. made,
1: my friends. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Bam. Still has more views than the Larry Hama video. Oh, does it really? Well, but I mean, I'm I'm an amateur. Like I get the hundreds of views. You guys get the thousands and tens of thousands. So it's not even that big a deal. Larry, Holmes, with you uh, guys on legend. now, we'll, we'll we'll get that bumped up a little bit. There you go. Heck yeah, <laughs> we're movie stars. That's now. my ulterior
2: <laughs> movie star.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got movie stars. Well, that's why I wanted to have you guys on. Uh, since the last time, since he was on, he has become a movie star. he talks about it all the time on his channel i really do i gotta run lines i gotta go fellas i gotta go run lines Uh, (laughs) but i wanted to ask you guys you know we are in the midst of your retro freaks campaign but before we talk about that i want to flashback maybe almost a year ago narc you had like a kind of a war of the worlds moment on your channel where you were like you were advertising the last haul of your life and everyone was like Mm -hmm. what is this about and it turns out to be a short horror film that you did mm-hmm. that seems to be like a precursor to Retro Freaks. Can you talk about how that was connected to Retro Freaks and what instigated that whole thing?
2: Yeah. So uh we'll go back, uh bump well, it back two years before we shot last hall. Our director, Mr. David Ryan, reached out and he's local to us. And um he would message me and was like, Hey, like I I dig your channel. Um, let's go toy honey, let's let's hook up. I think we would totally mesh together well and all that. And at the time, I was like, yeah, I don't know, Like, because he would message a lot. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, what are you doing? What's going on? And uh, we finally met at a toy show and I was like, oh, okay. He's completely normal, thank God. And um, he was telling me about his film background and he was telling me that I have this idea that I want to do um, with you and your uh, YouTube buddies uh, in in a short uh, film. Uh, but it's going to be like a comedy horror. We're going to mix that world with YouTube and see what happens. And I was like, okay, cool. That sounds great. And I think it was this past November, we really got serious about it. We started reaching out of um, for um and the other guys that are a part of the last haul of my life and we shot that in what was it three or four days since he something like that yeah and then uh we're like okay let's put it out on your channel see what happens and we did that we did that that's exactly how this whole thing started and uh we wanted to keep on going with that we enjoyed what we were doing and um we were like you know what let's let's make a future film around the last hall of our life so that's exactly what we did and we did we filmed everything within uh nine months and we had a premiere this past october 19th at the texas theater it was awesome it was it was really cool so i mean that's kind of how everything came to fruition so
1: so before, before the last haul, you had no inclination that, like, I'm going to make a movie
2: or... No. Was... no <laughs> it wasn't, no. like, a, well, a life goal.
1: <laughs> no,
2: I mean, I mean always, it's would be... I always thought, hey, that would be cool to, you know, uh, be in a movie. Like, even being an extra, I was actually an extra in the Game Chasers movie that came out, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And then when this came up, you know uh to happen I was like oh holy crap like this is happening with me and some of my best friends and we're actually doing a movie so it happened really fast still trying to process everything <laughs> at the moment <laughs> um so yeah so one of those friends
1: favorite. turns actors is sitting here on the channel as well since you yeah. <laughs> that was your first experience running lines in front of a camera and and you kind of got bit by the bug, right?
0: Um, so I was one of the kids that ran around with a video camera back in the eighties making movies with my friends. Um, that was me. So yeah, that was our thing, is we would make little movies, uh kind of parodying movies that were out that were, you know, popular at the time. And um I distinctly remember us making a parody or a sequel of to Dark Man, if you ever remember that Liam Neeson movie. Liam Neeson's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so that's what we would do. I always always like the actor in it. My friend would uh, run the camera. So it's been something that I've been wanting to do my entire life. Um one of my big regrets, obviously, when you get older and you're in your 40s, you start thinking about things that you wish you had done when you were younger. And what mine is not going to film school. I always wanted to go to film school. Or some kind of art art school where I could continue to act. Uh, I was big into drama in high school. Uh, so it's just something that I never kind of capitalized on. I had mentioned it to my parents at one time that when I was still in high school, hey, I, I want to go to like film school and I want to learn how to act. And they just kind of laughed it off. and They're <laughs> like, no, you're not going to do that. And I ended up going to Virginia Tech and studying engineering, which was not a good fit for me. I ended up switching to business. I never graduated from college, as a matter of fact, um, because I got a, a good job after that and kind of uh, dropped out. But anyway, it's just something that I've always wanted to do, get into acting, get back into acting, actually. Um, and I never thought that I would ever get the chance. So this happening and this just kind of falling into our laps is, is literally a dream come true. Um, my other dream come true is to actually be, uh, and this is exactly what I had ever, you know, just kind of dreamed and envisioned is being on stage, introducing a movie that I was in, <laughs> that I was a lead in, standing in front of a pack theater, standing in front of uh, a group of people, and then having the audience react uh, perfectly to it, where every joke hits People are cheering, people are cheering when names are showing up in the credits, cheering through the credits, um, just going out into the lobby, people congratulating you on a job well done. And that literally happened. That that was yeah. our premiere. Uh, our premiere, the only thing I could think of that was anything remotely close to it is like going to a Marvel premiere on opening night, specifically like Infinity War Endgame, Where people are gasping, reacting, cheering, clapping. Except you're Chris Evans, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's I was like, can someone pinch me? Because this feels like a dream, literally. And and that's there a scene where Cincy catches Mjolnir in this movie. (laughs) Is that what he's hinting at? Even better than that. Hmm. No spoilers, (laughs) of course.
2: No spoilers.
0: But um, yeah, I mean, this this whole thing being in the movie, acting uh going to the premiere introducing it having people react the way they did it's just amazing honestly yeah so i gotta ask i mean you
1: guys are some of the most popular youtubers at least in the toy collecting space so you're comfortable in front of a camera Mm -hmm. was there a leap though to do like your haul videos or your hunt videos and then like actually having to like act and and run lines in in front of a director and, and extras and stuff like that, or, or did it come more natural because you're used to being in front of a camera?
0: So basically yeah. with me, just being in front of the camera is very natural because that's my, my job job uh, is being in front of a camera. Also, I do video production and I'm literally looking at a camera that I am filming something and editing afterwards. So that's that's all I do is sit in front of a camera and kind of look at myself. But the big jump for me was actually remembering lines and kind of trying to emote. Uh, trying to get, cause uh, Dave and Michael are co-directors and co-writers. They would write the dialogue. And when I would read the scripting, I would kind of think, how are they envisioning this? Like, how would, mm-hmm. how would I play this? So, I mean, when you read a line of dialogue, there's so many different ways that you can play that. Do I amp it up? Do I kind of tone it down? So that was what was kind of not difficult, but it was different and it was very fun because I would actually in my mind have like three different ways that I would run that line um, based on like the amount of emotion or my tone. And and that's what I love honestly about acting because when I'm sitting in front of the camera and just talking like on a haul video, I'm myself. But when we're in these mood, this movie, I'm essentially playing myself, but like, on 11, amped right. up to 11 mm-hmm. and just kind of not necessarily animated but acting kind of different than I would in real life if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, totally. How about you, Craig? I mean, this is this is a first. for You you never, you never envisioned acting the way maybe since he did for the last yeah. several decades, but how how was the leap for you going from, you know, doing your videos that you normally do to to having to perform an emote on screen?
2: Yeah, to- totally different for me. Uh, for myself because with (laughs) with youtube i can record something um i can edit it and i can control everything that's happening you know so giving you know doing our running our lines and having uh the guys edit the thing it was very like wow like i'm not in control of this like (laughs) i i I don't know how this is going to translate so that was uh very opening for myself because I've never had that happen, obviously. Um, Whereas with YouTube, I can control everything and uh, make it how I want it. So it was very like, uh, you know, me trusting them to portray, make me look as cool as I can look basically uh, in this movie. So that was, that was a giant leap for myself. Um, Not being in control of it and just trusting that it will be okay and uh the the product that came out of it is fantastic like i those guys killed it everybody on the cast killed it and uh did not be any more happier with the final product
1: so what's what's i find really interesting about your retro Freaks, uh crowdfunding campaign is that what you're essentially doing is you're crowdfunding something that you've already created in a sense right like a lot of the things that you guys are talking about is that like the movie's already made. We're actually trying to fund another movie, but everyone who supports the campaign is going to get the movie, right? Like you've already Mm -hmm. shot it. You've already finished it. You've already premiered it. Right. And, you know, I just wanted to ask you about like the, that whole process of like deciding to you've already shot the movie. What made you want to go ahead and, you know, crowdfund the sequel instead of just like releasing the movie and trying to get it into like, I don't know, I don't know what do people do with movies that they've made, like get into festivals, get it into like a, you know, a touring around the country or whatever it is. But like what, what prompted the, the idea to crowdfund a sequel?
2: Yeah. I, so we, the cast, uh, everybody worked together. So good together as a team while we're, you know, filming it. We're like, Hey, we're going to go ahead and do a a sequel. We're going to do that. That's, going to be a thing just because everybody like played so well together and we had such a great time on set and uh we have so many more ideas to to uh to show you guys and tell the rest of the story so um festivals i mean we're we're, we are currently working on that as we speak something really cool happened today i can't talk about (laughs) but it's it, it, it's crazy how this kind of stuff worked because, because yeah, to your point, like you want to get the first one out to as many people as possible. You want to get it out to, you know, these festivals. That's that's the main thing. Uh, streaming surfaces after that, and really anybody that would, you know, give up their time to watch our film and give it a chance.
0: Plus, we made this movie on less than a shoestring budget i mean we made this for a very very small amount of money comparatively speaking when compared to like other independently funded movies um and we just know that if we actually had funding uh Mm -hmm. to put towards the sequel we can do cgi we can do you know on location stuff in other states bigger actors yeah yeah there's a lot of stuff that we can do if we had funding, if we had money. So that's why we decided to go the Indiegogo route is because yes, we did complete this this first movie on a very, very small budget. But if we had money, we could make something ridiculously awesome. So are you are you guys planning to
1: shoot the sequel? Or are you already shooting it or are you waiting until the campaign is over? What is the timeline on on I guess Retro Freaks two or Retro Freaks 2023?
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, as soon as possible so from what i understand actually we kind of talked about it yesterday uh Sensei, myself and dave um, we're going to do it very very soon we're going to start shooting the sequel i would say early next year i think that's safe to say and uh get rolling on that one while still promoting the crap out of retro freaks mm-hmm. like doing double duty <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah We've
0: heard some, some preliminary uh, plot points on the sequel and it's just yeah ridiculously Rogers. awesome. I, I'm so absolutely excited for this sequel because it's, it's just crazy what is being planned for this thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm just, I can't wait to get back on set and start filming again.
1: Well, you mentioned promoting Retro Freaks. And one of the things that I find really fascinating is as a fan of, I, I guess at your channels and, and just like, the toy collecting YouTube community. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many cameos just from the trailers, right? Mm-hmm. So many cameos of, if you watch NARC, really? if you watch Cincy, you're gonna know all of these cameos. And in the promotion of the campaign, you guys put out a bunch of like Instagram photos,
2: mm-hmm. kind
1: of like outing everyone's real names, like Robo's real <laughs> name, Pixel yeah. Dan's real name, except Cincy Nerd's real name. Like he's <laughs> the only one who has a, who has a, a, a secret identity. That didn't get his name revealed. Is there is there a reason behind this? Cincy nerd going to be your like a, uh, you know, SAG card? <laughs> when, you, so when I kinda, the Screen Actors Guild.
0: I wanted to keep it as like a I don't know, it's like an incentive to watch the movie and to order the movie. <laughs> so like if you order the movie, you will see my first of all you'll see a name that you don't recognize in the opening credits, and at the very end when you see our pictures and our names. You will see a full government name for me. <laughs> um, my my IMDb page still has Cincy Nerd, and I think uh-huh. I'm going to keep that. But I'm going to kind of do what The Rock does, where it's right. uh, you know it's got his real name, Dwayne Johnson as The Rock, something yeah, like yeah. that. So, are
1: you you for for a time period, you just have it in quotation marks between your first and last name, exactly until <laughs> until you just become whatever your the name Cincy is. Nerd. Yeah, the Cincy Nerd. Right, the Cincy Nerd says. <laughs> Well, I, I'm I'm very excited for Retrofreaks. I hope you guys get to your goal and, and at the very least, even if you don't hit your your monetary goal, you're planning on shooting the movie anyway, right? Like oh, yeah. that's not yeah, contingent it's on happen. hitting your goal.
2: No. No, I mean we wanted of of course we wanted to raise as much as money as possible mm-hmm. with uh the Indiegogo. When we launched it, our goal is three hundred thousand. I mean, very that would be ambitious. fantastic very ambitious right if you know how crowdfunding goes but um regardless what happens uh we we understand that's probably not going to happen but um we have plans to tour the movie like you said earlier we have uh, plans to go to you know different states um get a the theater possibly do tour shows along with the movie So there's going to be a lot of information about that coming out soon. Um, also we got, um, Mr. Andre Gower from monster squad. He was in the film and, um, he's, uh, helping us out with all sorts of different outreach as well. Mm -hmm. Just trying to get retro freaks out there to many people as possible. Yeah.
1: I mean, any just comic cons, you know, any mm-hmm. kind of toy conventions. Like, you, there's so Everything. many outlets for a movie like this, and and it, it already has mm-hmm. kind of a built-in following. People are going to be familiar with it at those types of outlets. So I, I'm I'm super excited for it. Uh, so that talk out the way, I, I do want to talk some toys with you guys because why have you two on and not talk toys, right? <laughs> and and yeah. I thought this was a really interesting topic to bring up because of the crowdfunding aspect of of Retro Freaks. Mm-hmm. That's a Interesting topic in the toy collecting community right now, the Mm -hmm. idea of crowdfunding, especially like things like HasLab and Maddie Creations Uh doing where you have these big companies doing crowdfunding, essentially. Before we get into like the controversies around certain uh, projects, what is your overall opinion of something like a HasLab or a Maddie Creations where people are putting in funding for a particular item that may not get mass produced? Mm -hmm. uh, But the only way you get it is through this kind of funding project.
0: Uh, I personally like the idea. Um, there's a couple of things I don't like about it. There's a lot that I do like about it because, again, if if we if they didn't have these uh, crowdfunding, we wouldn't even have them in the first place. Like I wouldn't have a sail barge up on the top of my detail. If I wouldn't have the Razor Crest, so I'm happy that they're doing them. I understand that it's not everyone's cup of tea, but at the same time, I wish that there were ways that they could somehow split payments so I don't have five mm. to $600 deducted from my account all at once for me to not see anything for a year to a year and a half to maybe even two years. So that's, that's the big thing that I don't like about them is the fact that all that money comes out at the same time, and then it's just gone. And then mm. I just have to work on not dying for a year and a half <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that
0: I can actually see that thing arrive and on my front porch. Uh, but I do like them. I, I like that they're doing them because, Again, you're getting a lot of large vehicles and large play sets mm-hmm. that we never would have seen before. Yeah. Greg, yeah.
1: What, what's your opinion on on the retail, not retail, HasLab, yeah. automatic creation idea? Um,
2: yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like Cincy, Like, I, I dig the idea of it and how to do it. And it really sucks that you can't split payments because these pieces are super expensive. Um, what? <sighs> the thing i don't like about it like i really wanted to back the um Eternia the Motu Origins Attorney, right wanted to do that but i just want Eternia i don't want all the extra stuff like for the tiers um i wish there was something in place was with like okay for maybe instead of like 550 600 dollars after shipping and fees and taxes like maybe for 350 you can get only yet, like something like that with this is the piece I want I, d- I don't really care about all the other extras um I wish there was something in place for that but you know that's that's about it I think it's cool but mm-hmm. payment plans would be nice and then just getting the one piece that you really want would be a nice little touch
1: or at the very least maybe wait until it ships to get yeah. charged because yeah. like you're right if you're backing several projects at once, like, like since you said, you're going to get
0: mm-hmm. a
1: huge hit on the wallet. But why, why do you think so many people have, like, such negative feelings towards these crowdfunding things? Like, you know, without without naming names, mm. I'm not calling any specific people out, but, like, the, the Ghost Rider project was just people oh. shit on it constantly. Yeah. And, and I was of the mind that, like, well, if it doesn't fund, it's not going to happen. It's no skin off you're back why are you so upset that they chose to do this like if someone really likes it and they're disappointed that it didn't fund that's one thing but i think the people who are most negative about the hell charger were people who didn't like it anyway so like yeah without again naming names or calling anyone Mm. out just what do you think Mm. is behind that mentality of like you know because to your point i think something like it's not going to get funded otherwise and it won't be even released otherwise
0: so this is a way for people who
1: want it if they really want it they can get it
0: i think it's just the price it's um a lot of the things that they're producing so if you just think about it these are like the hell charger was a marvel legends product and if you look at a typical buyer of marvel legends they're buying 25 dollar figures they used to be 20 they used to be 15. And now they're 25. you're asking someone to put down 350 dollars which is a big jump up from the normal price that they pay per figure of 25 dollars to me 350 is a lot of money But when I'm spending $300 on a Hot Toys figure, it's not that big of a jump. But again, you just have to think about the actual, I'm looking at it from a marketing perspective because I work in marketing. You have to think about the actual audience, the target audience, the clientele, the people that you're marketing this to. So A, it's a big jump in price. And if you're asking someone to spend that much money on something, they're going to want to be blown out of the water by something. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of people were like, Okay, we're getting the before they even did the reveal. We're getting the Hell Charger. Are they going to throw in Johnny Blaze too? Are we getting the motorcycle? Are we going to get the guy on the horse? Are we going to what else are we going to get for our money? So when it was underwhelming, when it was just the Hell Charger and not Johnny Blaze, not the motorcycle, people were like, "Well, that's not worth three hundred and fifty dollars." So that's where the negativity started coming in—is the fact that people Mm -hmm. were—they had high expectations. Are just they kill everything nowadays because. I think, I don't know because of the internet, but people just have expectations for movies, expectations for products. Mm-hmm. They set these expectations, they set these lofty goals. And when something is actually presented to them and it falls below that, they're disappointed with it. And then they they just spew negativity <laughs> because we have this outlet now called the internet. Right? Yeah. that's That's just where I think it's coming from is the fact that expectations underwhelmed i don't like it i'm going to make sure everyone that i talk to and know also knows that i don't like it and i want them to think the same thing i think yep that's a good <clears throat> point and and i also think that you know if you're
1: if you're hasbro the collectors who collect marvel legends probably also collect gi joe classified and mm-hmm. they just came off of the hiss because mm-hmm. i you know full disclosure i thought about the hell charge because i like robbie reyes i thought it was a cool vehicle mm-hmm. But I had just dropped three fifty on the his, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like yeah. same thing with the attorney. Like as much as as cool as it is, one, it's too damn big. I got nowhere to put it. Yeah, but it's it's huge. two, like I like I said, I, I I can't just be doling out hundreds and hundreds of dollars constantly. Like mm-hmm. I just I just bought Cincy's hot toy too. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> I was one of his first whatnot customers. You know, so oh yeah. <laughs> But um, but but yeah, I, I just w- I was wanted to get your your thoughts on on crowdfunding again because I just thought it was so relevant to what you guys are doing with Retro Freaks. Uh, going back to the movie real quick, mm-hmm. do you foresee this being a franchise? Like, if it takes off, you you start screening like Comic Con, it takes off. Is there like enough plot that you you can build a whole cinematic universe out of Retro Freaks?
2: Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. No doubt, and
1: and my question is: if Last Hall is part of that cinematic universe,
0: mm-hmm. how about since he died, what's what's going on there? It it certainly well, made it look like that, didn't
2: yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, you would have to um, go in the Indiegogo, purchase the movie, and find out for yourself.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, it's no spoilers, but but I I went and rewatched the short film again, and I was like, pretty sure he kicked the bucket in the in the short film. I don't. I don't understand how he's in the movie, but
2: yeah. Oh, so just to clear things up too, with 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 the short, the short is a part of the movie. It's it's a little over halfway through the movie. Like the last hall is there exactly what you see uh in the short. It's just nothing was touched. It's in there, but we built, they built, or Dave and Michael built the movie around oh. the short. Yeah. So there's My, a, you know cuz I thought about
1: like yeah the, there are some scenes in the trailer that looked like it was exactly the same from the short. I just thought you maybe mm-hmm. reshot it or something. So you're saying that Last Hall that was the that was the first idea that you guys yeah. had and it was like, "Oh, how do we build the movie around that?"
0: Oh, yeah, so we were originally when we did Last Hall and we were like, "Hey, maybe we should do another short." So we were going to do mm-hmm. another short which was a prequel. And then we started thinking hey, let's do another short, which takes place after Last Hall. And then we started thinking, well, we've got three shorts at that <laughs> point. Why not just do a- And four- then a
2: prequel prequel.
0: A prequel prequel. <laughs> yeah. So we just kind of combined all four of those ideas into one singular film. Mm-hmm.
1: Like I said, I'm excited to see it. I, I, I'm i going to put all of the campaign stuff in the description and, and let everyone know that they can support the movie. At the very least, they can get- you know, like their hands on, on digital copies and DVDs yeah. of the first Absolutely. movie, regardless. So uh just want to thank you guys for for coming on. Before we go, I, I already asked Cincy this when he was on the show last so I'm gonna ask Craig, what's the okay. one item in your collection that's not in your collection? What's the one item that got away that you wish you had other than the Eternia? But what's the one collection what one piece that's not in your collection that you wish you wish you had.
2: That I wish I had. So yeah okay this is kind of a sore subject but also it was for a good purpose um when we were raising money for retro freaks i um uh, as you know if you watch the channel i'm a huge tmnt collector vintage turtles i'm trying to complete the entire line um i had scratched the cat and i was like man you know we as a producer, like, trying to make more funds to get this movie out and do everything we can possible, I'm like, I'm going to sell Scratch. So I took my Scratch. We sold it uh, for the movie. So I would really love my cat, back. it would be awesome. <laughs> Miss him.
1: At the very <laughs> least, if, if you guys yeah. can't support the movie, support Craig getting Scratch. Yeah.
2: Ride. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Cindy, did you have any sacrifices uh, in in getting ready for the movie? That because I know you've been on a selling spree lately. You've been getting rid of a lot of stuff. As I said, I purchased one of them. So what what is what is a uh, what's what's the one item that you got rid of that you kind of wish you got back?
0: I actually sold a bunch of stuff when I lived in Cincinnati and we were moving to Texas, and I had to downsize my collection because, quite honestly, I had way too many things. I sold a few things, including some vintage things, and one of the things that I've been you know, really trying to get back into my collection is Boulder Hill, the mask Playset. Mm. Um, I had a beautiful looking one. I had the box was nice. Everything was, I had the instructions, everything. And I ended up selling that. And I really want one back. Even though I don't really have room for it, I just want it back. Because that was the yeah. one thing I'm like, man, I should not have sold that. I should have tried to make room for it. Um, but yeah, the mask Boulder Hill Playset, uh, that's probably the one that I I'm trying to get back. Cool.
1: Well, I hope you guys good luck to you, not only on Retro Freaks, but in getting back the the toys that you've lost along the way. <laughs> Craig and Cincy, thank you for, for joining us. How can people find you guys on the internet, and how can they find more about Retro Freaks?
2: Yeah, so you can find Retro Freaks on Instagram at Retro the movie on Instagram. Uh, You can find the trailers on my channel, on Cincy's channel, Um, and then you can find me at not another retro channel uh instagram facebook uh youtube that's that's how you find me that's it Sincey. you
0: could find me at cincy nerd pretty much anywhere imdb twitter he likes he likes the imdb thing doesn't he? <laughs> the
2: imdb see how i led with that
0: <laughs> all right mike <laughs> um especially youtube and i'm now on whatnot I'm just going to go ahead and throw a little plug in there anyway. I'm doing a whatnot auction on Tuesday. I'm going to be selling more hot toys. So Keith, you can buy another one if you (laughs) want. Um, But yeah, I'm going to be on whatnot. So check me out on there. And uh, yeah, we'll have a blast. You'll get a deal. Awesome. Well, again, thank you guys.
1: Good luck. Good luck on Retro Freaks. Can't wait to see the sequel and and many more down the line. Heck yeah. Cool.
2: Thank you for having us.